Hello, and welcome to Defining Endurance. I'm today's host, Lexi Miller. As I've talked about in previous episodes, one of my biggest issues in the endurance community is that's pretty male-centric. While I think that women are starting to get more of a voice in the sport, more things are starting to be geared towards us, we aren't just considered small men, uh, to take the term from Stacey Sims, there's still a lot of ground we need to cover. One of the biggest issues I see is that there's almost no research on training through pregnancy or postpartum. Most doctors recommend actually that women don't run while they're pregnant. As an athlete, that's kind of baloney. Of course, every pregnancy is different. Every postpartum experience is different. But overall, women are strong. We can handle things while we are growing a human being as well. In this episode, I speak with fellow coach, nutritionist, and new business owner, Lee Wager. She has recently started an organization called Rebuild, R-E-B-L-D, where she works primarily with female athletes who are either prenatal or postpartum. This is an extremely exciting and awesome endeavor she is taking on because this is a group of women who have been pretty much underserved in the athletic community until recently, myself included. In this episode, we talk about working your way through the trimesters, what is important to know for each trimester, including the fourth, which is those three months postpartum, and how women can best serve themselves during this time. This includes how to listen to your body, how to work with your nutrition, and what to expect when you're expecting. So tune in, let us know what you think. If you are a prenatal or postpartum lady out there, even if you had your kids 10 years ago, I'd love to hear your experience. So let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Defining Endurance. I am Lexi Miller, joined today by Lee Wager. Uh, Lee is an endurance coach who has kind of a cool new business. Uh, Lee, thank you for joining us. Great. Thanks so much, Lexi. Um, Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm a health coach, nutrition coach, fitness coach, um, really focusing in pregnancy and postpartum. Um, So I recently launched my coaching business. It's called Rebuild Coaching, um, and I'm excited to talk a little bit more about it. Yeah, so that's, you know we were just speaking before we hit record about how this is, you know, not women postpartum prenatal aren't really represented in the endurance world. Um, And so that's kind of what we're hoping to do is talk a little bit about what that experience is like um, and how you coach women with rebuild. So to start out, tell me a little bit about your background in endurance sports. Yeah, absolutely. So probably similar to a lot of runners. Um, I ran for other sports. I always enjoyed it. Um, I never really considered myself a runner, though. Um, And then after college, I started doing a few races here and there. Um, I did a half marathon. I did a full marathon. I kind of enjoyed running, even if it was inconsistent. Um, I definitely struggled on getting onto a training program. I think the closest thing I ever got to, I went through a season where I got really into triathlons. So I did a couple triathlons. Um, I got to see some great results, which kind of got me hooked on the training side of things. Um, I'm going to pass off baby here. <laughs> um, so got me uh, really hooked on, on to that endurance world. I like the structure. Um, I had a f- couple kind of local age group podiums um, and turns out the really kind of competitive type A personality that is myself really liked that. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one there. Um, so I haven't done a triathlon since that one season. Um, turns out biking and swimming was a little bit too much of a barrier for me. Um, but it did um, you know, really let me see the competitor in myself, not just a participant. 
event. Um, and so from there, I started working with a running coach actually after my first pregnancy. Um, and that's where a lot of this grew from. Um, and I think the rest is, is history. I'll talk a lot more about it. Um, but yeah, that was really the, the, the start for me. Amazing. So, you know, kind of going into that, and I would just like to say, if anyone heard little baby noises, she had her adorable son just a minute ago. He, adorable. Um, Sadly, since this is a podcast, you guys all missed it. But uh, trust me when I say that. So when in having kids, how do you feel like your athletic life changed? Yeah, that's a great question. So Prior to having kids, I considered myself generally athletic. Um, I, like I said, I ran. I did a couple triathlons. I'd you know decide if I was going to go to the gym on the way home from work or not, um, but didn't have really a structure or any true consistency there. Um, and after having my first child, my daughter, um, I realized, A, I wanted something for me. I wanted something where I could be competitive, but I needed it to be structured, I needed it to be efficient, and I needed to not put a lot of mental effort into it and still feel like I was making progress. Um, and that was a very different shift for me. Um, I've never been as consistent in training. And I grew up ski racing. I grew up sailing. I'm a very competitive person. I went to a whole ski academy. I'm used to training. And even still, I had not been that consistent until after my first child was born. Um, and working with the coach was just so beneficial in that. Um, and that's something I think when you know, when you're talking to pregnant and postpartum women, there's so much that changes and your body, your nutrition, your energy levels, and you're trying to navigate, how do I do all of this and manage a new child and fit in an actual training cycle and be competitive? Um, and that's where I think with, you know, th- there was a big change for me and I, I love the change and it really kind of opened up a lot of opportunity um, to see, hey, this is a huge area that, that definitely needs some attention. For sure. I know with myself and the athletes I've worked with, you've probably seen this too, is like, there's only a certain number of hours in a day. And when you have a baby, you're like, this is the only time I'm going to get to work out. And whether it's 20 minutes, or you get a full hour, or you have to push the baby jogger, like, it has to happen opposed to like, when I was like a single gal, I could be like, I'll get to the gym at 10. Like, oh, you know, I'll sneak it in. It's fine. Like, it's so different. Um, So how did you kind of tell me how this, your company rebuild came to be uh, and what kind of started that inspiration for you? Yeah. So there's a few different elements that all kind of came together. So outside of my coaching life, um, in my non-coaching life, I work for a company that focuses on physical therapy. So if there are any physical therapists listening, you've probably heard of the company MedBridge. Um, We've been around for a little over 10 years, and I've been there for almost a decade, um, working very closely with physical therapists, hospitals, private practices. And I have learned a ton in terms of rehab and patient connection. Um, And so as a company, and then also me personally, um, I truly believe that movement, whether it's strength, balance, endurance, it can have such a positive impact on health, lifestyle, happiness. Um, I've also, unfortunately, <laughs> seen that there's a huge gap between healthcare and everyday life. Um, even with a great relationship with your doctor or your physical therapist and during pregnancy and postpartum, it's one of the few times that you probably actually see those providers very consistently. Um, you still only see them so many times for so many visit, visits um, and so many minutes. And the focus is very specific. Um, and there's a huge drop off and it can be really hard to take a lot of those basic movements and truly feel like you're progressing and figuring out how to fit that into your new lifestyle. Um, so I saw that I experienced that very much firsthand, um, kind of through my 
professional life, um, I've seen there's this huge growing field of health coaches that help bridge that gap. So I started kind of digging around a little bit there. Um, and then additionally, during my uh, first pregnancy, my OB was super supportive of exercise. She didn't make me scared. She didn't make me think that I needed a million modifications. Um, but when I asked her for any recommendations, she gave me her high intensity option that she gave to her athletic patients. And I'm putting quotes around there um, because I went to this class and it was half bands and half yoga. And there was maybe a few five pound dumbbells in there. Um, and I was thinking this, this is, this is not right. This is not challenging. This is not, uh, this is not high intensity. This is not really what I had in mind. Um, and that was her higher intensity recommendation. And so, um, I also found postpartum. It was really similar. Um, she's kind of said, Hey, you're doing great. Maybe you could go, you know, see, see a PT that might be helpful. Um, but there really was a huge gap there between, what I felt like I could do and then what some of the things I was given to do were. Um, so I started doing a ton of research um, and I found a, f- a handful of things. One, I'm definitely not alone. I'm not the first person and I'm not the only person to have gone through this. Um, there's a huge field of growing research as well on the benefits of exercise and hard exercise during pregnancy, um, as well as programs for returning to exercise postpartum. And when you're in the weeds of it, I felt like, oh, this is all old news. Everybody knows it. And then I'd kind of pull pull myself out and go talk to some actual women and remember back to item number one, I am definitely not alone in this. Um, so all of those things kind of came together. Um, so I took some trainings and kind of started working with a couple clients and said, hey, I know a lot. I've learned a lot. There's a lot to, you know, a lot to do here. Um, there's a lot of value that we can provide. And the feedback has been amazing um, from other coaches, from women, from physical therapists. Um, I was actually most nervous about physical therapists thinking like, ooh, is this actually helpful? Does this actually complement it? And they're, they're really excited about it. Um, so yeah. A lot of moving factors. Um, and I think my final, the final thing that really pushed me over the edge actually was my running coach. And I asked her a couple questions and in good coach fashion, she was like, you'd be great at this. You should do this. This is awesome. <laughs> so that I think gave me the, the final push of uh, confidence to say, yes, let's go do this. So I, you know, what I really want to dive in today is how, you know, we can talk about what women can do, what they should be aware of as they move through pregnancy and postpartum, uh, because they're isn't much out there. Um, exactly the same as I was trying, like as a coach, I was going through all my resources and there's nothing like, you know, they, it's the same as like running a race where they say, don't try anything new. They say the same thing as pregnancy. And you're like, that could be a whole gamut of things. And this is new. I have to do something different. Like, um, so I would like to go through the trimesters for second, third, and then of course the fourth trimester, those three months postpartum, uh, with your recommendations for each. So we'll start with the first trimester. As a coach, what would you encourage athletes to focus on or what they, should they be aware of? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that you include the fourth trimester in there because I'd actually argue that might be the hardest of all of them. So for all you pregnant mamas, don't worry. Uh, you will get through it and it might feel challenging now, um, but with some good support, you will get through it. But the fourth trimester is definitely hard. Um I will say, we'll we'll talk about it in a second, but for me, I was amazed. I felt better running in my third trimester than my fourth. So totally, totally agree. 100%. (laughs) Yes. Um, So across all four trimesters, one of the biggest common denominators that you're going to see is managing your energy and making modifications as your energy 
tells you. Um, you're going to get more fatigued. You're going to need more recovery. And that's, you know, starting from, I mean, literally five, four weeks, five weeks, you get a positive pregnancy test and your hormones are already going all over the place. Um, so that's going to be consistent across all of the trimesters. Um, in the first trimester, you're not going to have a ton of body changes yet. So you're not necessarily needing modifications because of a growing belly or, um, you know, changing structure. But again, you're going to be balancing with some hormonal changes, probably a little bit of weight gain. You might be really tired. You might be really nauseous. And so a big component is just navigating the, um, your energy and when do you feel best and when can you fit training in and not striving for perfection. Um, there's some women, you don't even want to get off the couch. You feel so miserable. Um, one thing that is I have seen is getting off the couch will help you feel better and get you off the couch the next time. So it's really, it can be really challenging, um, but really just kind of finding when's the time that works best for you. And then from a nutrition standpoint, how do you make sure that you're kind of managing the morning sickness and getting yourself nutrients when you can? Um, small meals, uh, for, I've seen a lot of people, once you start to get a little bit too hungry, then you get really nauseous and then you don't want to eat. And it's this horrible cycle of letting yourself get hungry in the first place. Um, so finding what's, what sits well, what works well for you. How do you have constant little snacks and not expect a big meal um, to really keep you going there? Yeah, um, no, the first trimester I know kicked my butt. Um, and again, like you would think it'd be the easiest. You don't have a big belly, like... But your those hormones are changing, and it's all if it's your first. I mean, I'm sure it's the same if it's your second, third, fourth, fifth. But especially the first one, you just don't know what to expect, and you might have high standards for yourself. And you're exactly right. I usually it would just be like, if I did nothing else, I got the dog out for a three mile run, like, and then I would feel better. Um, so I think that's great to remember the first trimester. So okay, so second, we've gotten through. For some people, gotten through the morning sickness. Other people that will go on forever. Um, we're starting to get a little bit of a bump. What do you focus on on the second trimester? Yeah, absolutely. The second trimester is really interesting. So a lot of energy returns in the second trimester. So for a lot of people, this is like, I feel great. I'm starting to actually look pregnant, not just fat. I feel so much better. My belly's getting harder. Um, but you're also building a belly and you're getting heavier. Um, so the second trimester is a lot of it is kind of modifying based on how you're growing and how you're feeling. Um, with good energy, you can you can do a lot in the second trimester, which is really exciting. I know, um, you know my running coach also works with a lot of pregnant women and we were focusing on, you know, hey, let's try to get some PRs in the second trimester. That's not going to be for everyone. If you don't feel up to it, that is okay. Um, but you can at the same time, there's a lot that you can do. Um, one part that's interesting about the second trimester is at the beginning, you don't actually have much of a belly most of the time. And by the end, you are very pregnant. Um, and so it's a lot of modifying for your belly for again, monitoring energy and recovery, even though you feel good, you will still need more recovery there. Um, and as you start to get into the late part of the second trimester as well, like if you're doing any supine exercises, monitoring if you start to feel dizzy or not. Um, that's something you hear all the time. Don't lie on your back. Um, you can if you don't have symptoms, but if you start to feel lightheaded or dizzy, get rid of the supine um, 
the the supine exercises. Um, it's also really important in the second trimester to start um, working looking at form, core stabilization, and comfort. Um, those are oftentimes our kind of leading indicators of when you want to be changing things. If you can't maintain your form, if you're starting to get really achy, um, if your um, you know low back starts to hurt, you, you're starting to get a lot of pelvic pain. Um, that's when we want to say, okay, it's time to modify here. We've kind of gone too far. We've done too much. Um, but for some people, they'll kind of power through the entire second trimester. And again, they're no longer nauseous. They have more energy. They're kind of embracing the belly. And some people's bellies grow slower. Some grow faster. Um, so it is really kind of modifying as those changes come up. Totally. And I think this is, you know, if a belly band works for you, that that's when I started using one. Um, that's when I found a maternity climbing harness because that regular climbing harness sure as heck was not working. Um, and just, you know, there's lots out there. And then there's lots of, you know, as much as you feel safe finding used gear out there um, because you're, you're only pregnant for so long, like you don't need to invest tons of money. So I think that's also just things to look for. Um, okay. Third trimester. Tell us about this one. Yes. Third trimester. You probably feel really large by the third trimester. And that is for most people, something very, very new to them. Um, in the third trimester, again, that extended recovery and working around your belly and working around comfort. Um, that's going to be kind of the, the main things that we're looking at um, for the recovery time. You In your third trimester, you can still do hard things. Pregnant is not fragile you just need more time afterwards. Um, and so when you're looking at that recovery, making sure that you're kind of getting back to your baseline, you're not overly exhausted after a workout. So even within a workout, also after the workout, making sure there's good recovery there. Um, good hydration, um, hydration and overheating in both the second and third tri tri trimester. Um, if you're pregnant in the summer, uh, keep an eye on the heat <laughs> and uh, kind of avoid getting too hot. Um, so those are some, some big things to look at. Um, in the third trimester, we also start looking at a lot of core modifications. Um, so we really want to focus on core strength. We really want to focus on kind of activating, engaging, becoming aware of your pelvic floor as well. Um, but you're probably going to need some modifications that aren't um, your traditional crunches, your traditional ab exercises um, to limit the amount of abdominal separation. Everybody will have abdominal separation. It will happen. Um, I think there was a study that came out that said over 95% of women by the end of their third trimester will have some form of abdominal separation. It will happen. We just don't want to make it worse. Um, and so things to look for are kind of abdominal coning where your belly starts to look actually like a little bit of a cone, um, as well as if you feel the pulling, that's another sign like, hey, that's too much. So making some of those um, modifications. Um, and then also kind of focusing on getting baby into the right position and getting your baby ready, your body ready for birthing a baby. Um, so lots of squats, um, lots of deadlifts, lots of rows, kind of mobility, stretching, um, kind of incorporating that into your training as well. And you might at this point see your mileage start to decrease, your pace start to decrease. Um, some people will run through their third trimester. Some people will not run at all. Um, 
both are totally fine. Um, but if you do, if you are continuing to run through, through your third trimester, just keeping in mind that things are going to decrease. Um, and that's okay. You're working really hard. You don't need the hardest workout of your life, or it might feel like the hardest workout of your life and you, you're not doing as much and that's completely fine. Um, but you're doing something and that's kind of across all of pregnancy. I really try to encourage people to do something and set that bar pretty low of something. And oftentimes just getting out the door, if you say, okay, I'm going to just go for a mile. You're probably going to finish. You're probably not going to turn around. And if you do turn around, that's fine. You went out for a mile and then you walked back and got out of the house. You got off the couch and it's still good for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting out in the sunshine is good. There's so many, and you know, you can probably kind of talk about some better resources, but there's so many different exercises, whether you use less mills or even just go on YouTube and look for like prenatal yoga. Um, of course, you know, make sure that somebody who kind of knows what they're doing, uh, but it can, it just gets you moving. It's so helpful. Um, especially that third trimester, because one, you feel like the strongest you've ever been. And then two, you're like, I'm so tired. Um, you know, for me, I was over being pregnant. I was, I was ready to move on to the next step. Um, Oh yes. <laughs> very, very common. And you're starting to get your aches and pains and you're just, I'm done. I just want to be done. When does this baby come out? And simultaneously, you're probably terrified for this baby to come out at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's its own athletic endeavor that we, we can talk about sometime. Yes. Uh, okay. So fourth trimester, we've gone through this big, wonderful and traumatic event of birth. Now, now what? Yes, fourth trimester. So those first three months after after baby's born, um, recovery, rest, patience, um, and a smart return is so important. Um, it for a lot, especially people that continue running up through the through delivery um, or working out up through delivery, even if it's not running, stationary biking, strength training, whatever it is, you. you go through this experience, you birth a baby, and then you are starting from scratch. And it's not, it it can come back quickly, but if you do it right. Um, And so really being patient and taking a smart return there, it might feel like ages. It's probably only four to seven weeks in the grand scheme of things. It's not that much. Um, So really trying to be patient and listen to your body during that smart return is really important. Um, You can start doing kind of basic exercises, basic movement, honestly, in the hospital. Um, walk around with uh, with COVID restrictions. You might not be able to walk the halls of the hospital, um, but at least in your room and most OBs will support you kind of walking down the hall and they'll kind of say, yeah, 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 it's okay. We can do that. Um, and so really kind of, um, you know, starting to move early, focusing on breathing, um, your core and your pelvic floor, things have been moved around so much that your diaphragm's not really used to doing what it's supposed to do. And you, you literally might have to relearn how to breathe again. Um, but doing that's really, really important um, because it starts to engage your core and your pelvic floor together. And that's the the kind of foundation that you're going to build upon for everything else that you're doing. Um, the other parts in the fourth trimester, building the habit, it might not feel like a workout. It might not feel super challenging, but by building the habit and going through that process in a smart way, you're building really, really strong foundation and skills for when you do start to layer training in, and you're starting to build in that kind of schedule 
and predictability in a time that is probably very unpredictable for you. You're, you know, scheduling things around when baby's eating and sleeping and not crying, and maybe you don't have a good sleeper, you don't have a good eater, and so your time's even more limited. Um, really making sure that you're kind of working on what does that um, what does that schedule start to look like for you. Um, the nice thing about the fourth trimester is it starts really hard. And by 12 weeks, oftentimes you kind of feel like a new person and you forget that you just birthed a baby 12 weeks ago. Um, so it's slow, it's patient, but by 12 weeks, you're doing a lot if you take it slow and if you follow, if you're very smart about that. Process. Oh, and the difference between a baby when you first take them home and a baby at 12 weeks is so different. Uh, yes. yes, hopefully you're like, of course, it's a you know, every baby's different, uh, but hopefully you're sleeping a little bit more and just have more consistency. So it is so, so different. Um, and, and for me, that was when I felt like I could start training again. I started running much earlier, but it was like mental health running. Um, but again, I know other people are different and they can, they can start their journey at different points. Um, which brings me to my next question. Um, and of course this is different for everyone, but in your opinion, um, can you exercise too much or too little while pregnant or postpartum? Yes to both is my answer. Um, so during pregnancy there old school guidelines were saying, Hey, you know, do moderate activity, keep your heart rate below 150 beats per minute. And, the reason that those were the guidelines is it's really hard to do research on pregnant women. Um, you'll, you'll see that when it comes to things like, I mean, the vaccines that came out, there's any form of medication. It's just really, you don't want to do research on pregnant women. And so there's a lot of very conservative guidelines. There's a whole body of research that's come, in, come out since 2019 up through today. It's still kind of still evolving. Um, but what they're starting to find is that you absolutely can continue to do moderate to even vigorous intense cardio activity throughout pregnancy. Um, and they define that of kind of 85% max and lower. Um, the reason they don't recommend higher is actually similar. There's just not a lot of research on it yet. And it's hard to research on pregnant women. Um, so you absolutely can exercise, but you can do too much. <laughs> we talked about, um, you know, overheating. We talked about dehydration. Um, there's also a lot of other signs that you're doing too much. You're growing a human. Um, so if you are utterly exhausted after your workout, you need to lie down. You don't want to get off the couch. That's not just pregnancy. That's you did too much. And it's a sign of your body kind of telling you to scale back a little bit. Um, same thing. There's your kind of traditional red flags to look for um, during pregnancy, um, vaginal bleeding, um, leaking fluids, um, severe pelvic pain, abdominal pain, decreased fetal activity. If you see any of those, call your doctor. That's bad news. <laughs> um, but it's unlikely that your traditional training is going to get there. Um, typically, that's a sign that there might be something else that's going on as well. So for uncomplicated kind of standard um, low-risk pregnancies, you really can exercise. You can overdo it. Um, but it's that recovery piece. Um, and a lot of the impact will be on you as mom as well. Um, it won't necessarily impact the baby as much. It's going to be more. It's hard for you to recover. It's You're going to get sick. You're going to be more tired. Um the body does a really good job of protecting baby and taking from mom. Same thing on a nutrition front. Um, mom demonstrates a lot more of kind of nutritional def deficiencies before baby would. Um, so that's why kind of the nutrition element is really important as well. 
Yeah. The, I, the only other part I was going to say is uh, if you're really into contact sports like skiing, mountain biking, um, scuba diving, those are all on the no-no list. Um, with some exceptions of if you're really competent and really good at specific things. So I grew up skiing. I grew up ski racing. I've skied since I was two. I skied while I was pregnant. Somebody that's never skied before, probably not a good idea. I have a good friend. She is an avid mountain biker. She mountain biked while pregnant. Would I get on a mountain bike pregnant? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't trust myself on a good day, not to mention while pregnant. Um, so those are some kind of other areas to look at, kind of depending on what your hobbies are is, you know, talk to your doctor. What's the risk profile? How competent are you? If they're on the no-no list, are there situations where that might be okay for you? And I think that's, you're exactly right. It, it depends so much on the person. I'm the same. I grew up skiing. I chose not to use my ski pass that year and deferred it, but I backcountry skied almost every weekend uh, through my first and second trimester because that's something I'm comfortable doing. And, it, and I chose, I, I did my best to choose places I felt safe. And I think that was the same with even trail running, mountain biking is I chose places I felt comfortable going. I knew my abilities and I knew my abilities with, different weight, different strength. Um, And I think that's different for everyone, which is so worth noting is things on the no-no list might not be for everyone. It just depends on on who you are and what your comfort is. So I think that's a great point. Um, So kind of going into that, I'd love to hear more about your experience with pregnancy, especially in terms of being an athlete. Yeah. Great question. So I feel pretty lucky in both my pregnancies. They were relatively easy. Um, Part of that, I think, was staying active through it, Um, but I do feel lucky for that. I had some morning sickness. I had some days where I couldn't get off the couch, but overall pretty easy. Um, In my first pregnancy, like I mentioned, I went into my first pregnancy like – I go to the gym. I work out when I want to because I don't have to plan anything because I have no children. And this is just not really a thing that I have to think about. Um, So I didn't have a really specific training routine. So I ran until about 16 weeks consistently. I kept running for another four or five weeks out of stubbornness that like I will run through pregnancy. This is something that I will do. Um, But it was not very efficient. It was not very pleasant. Um, And so I actually pulled the plug around 20, 22 weeks um, there. It was a lot of walking, a lot of walk running. And I found, meh, there's other ways I can get a more efficient workout. I'll appreciate it. Um, So I did a lot of indoor biking. I did a lot of boot camps. I did a lot of hiking um, and walking. Um, That it still helped you get that feeling of like, I'm I'm outdoors, I'm doing something. Um, And there's something about... um, you know, exercising while, while pregnant, it kind of makes you feel like a badass. You're like, I'm doing this and it's twice as hard for me as it is for you. And I'm still going to kick your butt over here. Um, and that that's really satisfying. It's really empowering. And that's something that I, I really hope that other women can start to embrace and not be scared. Um, being scared is, you know, something that's really common that prevents women from doing exercise while pregnant, while pregnant, because they don't know what to do. They're nervous. Um, I have one client who she was a soccer player in college. She's kind of stayed generally active. And then the year of trying to conceive kind of backed off a little bit and got pregnant and was terrified. She like kind of walked and that was it. And she'd have a little ache and a pain and, be really nervous. And we started working together and she's now, you know, doing four workouts a week, asked me for a fifth one. She's active. She's not nervous. She's not scared. She's moving. Her energy levels are higher. She feels so much better. Um, and that's really kind of a big of the why, why coaching, why pregnant, why postpartum is being able to kind of help people appreciate and 
kind of empower them to be active instead of, you know, feeling nervous and feeling scared. Um, my second pregnancy, um, I ran up until 32 weeks. Um, so I had a much more consistent base for running. Um, and therefore it made running during pregnancy a lot easier for me. Um, I didn't, in my first pregnancy, I didn't get big enough to need a, a belly band. Um, second pregnancy, I kind of was like, oh, I didn't use it my first one. We'll see. Put it on. I was like, oh, this is game changing. <laughs> Absolutely need this. Um, so I ran up till 32 weeks. I probably could have kept running longer. Um, we had friends that did a kind of um, pentathlon for their wedding anniversary at 32 weeks. And I was like, ah, oh, this seems like a good ending point. Um, we, I still beat some women in the 600 meter dash. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to go out on that note. That feels good. Um, but really both pregnancies prioritize moving in some way every day. Um, and that's something that I really focus on with my clients, just something every day. Sometimes it's a run. Sometimes you're going to feel like the strongest person in the world. Sometimes it's miserable and you're going to walk up the hill and turn around and that's okay. And setting the bar low kind of helps, helps you continue to do that. Um, and it helps to build a habit. Um, you don't need the motivation to get out the door because it becomes a habit and, motivation somehow goes and hides in a deep, dark corner during pregnancy. <laughs> so building that habit is, is uh, so important um, to really keep going. Absolutely. And then kind of asking the inverse of the question. Um, so that was how, you know, being pregnant affected you as an athlete. How do you think that being an athlete um, affected you through childbirth and postpartum? Yes. Um the structure and the consistency was so helpful. Um, you, you're used to having a training plan. You're used to having a schedule. You're used to prioritizing the time for you and your training and your work. And having that as a skill set going into motherhood is so important. Um, it helps you actually prioritize. It helps you really focus on What's, what can you do? How can you get it done? Create a plan as much as possible. Outsource the mental load of that so you don't really have to think about it. Instead, you just have it for you and you're like, great, this is on my plan today. So I'm just going to do it. You just kind of get out the door and do um, instead of think about what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Um, and having that helps so much on the postpartum side because you're not only mom and you have this whole new personality of being mom and it can be really overwhelming. And by having something that's still you and something that's still satisfying and challenging, that's not just mom and you have more control over it because there's a set plan. Um, it helps from that kind of mental perspective a lot as well. Um, so I think that has helped a ton um, having that kind of athletic, competitive, structured mentality going in and then knowing, okay, I can't control anything but <laughs> or everything, but here's some specific things that we can control. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. I think that it's so nice to have something that's still your identity beyond um, you know, just motherhood, which is amazing and wonderful. And that's kind of what we're told we're supposed to be so excited about. And we are, but still you're, so, you're another person, you're still yourself. Um, along with that, you know, with the, you know, the giving birth and the not sleeping, um, how did that kind of affect athleticism or how did athleticism kind of dictate that in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the, 
one of the things about the postpartum return is it's a journey. It's not linear. And as much as you want to have a plan and want to control it, you can't. (laughs) And so really focusing on what are you trying to do early? The nice part, the nice part about early exercise, especially in those first, you know, four or six, eight weeks is it's actually not very strenuous and it doesn't have to be long. It can be efficient. It can be short. It can be 20 to 30 minutes. And most people can find 20 to 30 minutes to fit in somewhere. Um, and that I think navigating those challenges and trying to understand, okay, I'm just doing some basic core exercises, some body weight exercises. I don't need a full gym. When, when are the signals that are, that are going to say, this is a good time to exercise. You might not be able to sit down on Sunday and say at 7.30 a.m., Monday through Friday, I'm going to get my exercise in. But instead, I need 20 to 30 minutes. And it seems like when I feed baby and then he sleeps in the car seat because we're driving somewhere, I can leave him in the car seat and do 20 to 30 minutes, not in the car, just in the car seat (laughs) and do the 20 to 30 minutes. Or um, I can bring him with me and he can have tummy time on the mat right next to me with a pacifier um, and incorporate that in. Um, So really trying to navigate when, what are the signs and signals that you can fit that in? And how to do that. And that's something I think when, you know, you talk about do it yourself, getting the support, kind of getting those ideas from other people of what's worked and how what works for you is is um, that can help it be really successful. Absolutely. I think you know, like for me, it was like mommy me yoga was huge at the beginning because we're kind of doing some bonding things that are usually under 20 minutes, which is about a baby's attention span for any activity. Um or putting them up for a nap and like, okay, cool. I have the baby monitor. Can I get on the stationary bike? Can I like do a quick exercise in the house? Can I put him in the baby jogger? And even though it's not the best for sleep training, like we're going to get an exercise in and it'll, I'll at least have some time where I'm not constantly thinking like, what do I need to do? Should I be listening? Should I be focused on something other than just my own fitness and happiness? Um, so I think that's, that's great to remember is like, you can make these little blocks of time and they don't have to be one to two hours like before. Um, so now kind of talking about returning to training. And again, every single woman is different. Every single childbirth is different. Every single pregnancy is different, but in general, in the, with the athletes you work with, what is your recommendation with returning to exercise and then returning to training? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so like you mentioned, Every person's going to be different. Every pregnancy is going to be different as well. My first pregnancy, I started running right around six weeks. I was on the early side of things. I just, I, it, I just felt fine and I could. Um, my limitation was more actual fitness and strength and endurance versus this time around. I had minor prolapse, very minor, totally manageable, but I didn't start running until more like ten or eleven weeks, um, which at the time felt miserable, um, but in the grand scheme of things, it's three to four weeks. It's not that much. Um, and so just every, every person's going to be different. Your own pregnancies are going to be different as well. Um, so first embrace that, appreciate that, acknowledge it, hopefully try to as much as possible, avoid the comparison game. It's really hard. Um, but really try to avoid that comparison game, whether it's with yourself or with others or people that you're seeing, you know, their highlight reels on social media. Um, remember that it's a highlight reel and everybody's different. 
So that being said, typically when we talk about returning to exercise, we break it into three different sections. The first part is rehab and retraining. And that's really the first six weeks. The second part is your return to training. And that's kind of, okay, let's start to ramp up the intensity a little bit, ramp up the volume, kind of put some, put some actual, you know, um, uh, weight and kind of structure behind it. And then you actually get to your progressive training, which is more around 19 weeks. And that's like, okay, you're back. You're, you're, we're going to start to rebuild here, but we're not doing this kind of rehab component. There's still obviously rehab elements to it. Um, but that's kind of the general framework. Um, the rehab and retraining, that's that first six weeks. Um, we talked a lot about kind of the breath, the core connection in your first one to two weeks, basic walks, basic breath, basic core connection. That's really all you need. Starting around three weeks, if you feel good and you feel up for it, you can start doing some kind of light, gentle circuits. Start with body weights. Start with light weights. Um, you mentioned baby and me yoga. Um, I had found a baby and me bar class that for, it didn't happen my second pregnancy because of COVID, but for my first pregnancy, it was amazing. It was all body weight. It was all postpartum focused. Um, it got me out of the house every day. <laughs> I made a point of going. Um and it's that kind of light, light body weight, light movement. It's all focused around retraining your body to make those major movements and connect the muscles. So breath, core, pelvic floor, you've got your hinges, you've got your squats, you've got your rows, you've got your pulls, kind of your basic movements so that you have a course, a strong foundation for when you do start getting back to training. The return to training, assuming that everything has gone well in that first first phase, if you can't control things, if you're still having you know major ab separation, if you're still having you know pretty significant prolapse, probably good to talk to a PT before progressing to your return to training. Um, but if everything else is going fine, that return to training phase is then starting to say, okay, how do we build up the volume? How do we build up the weight? How do we build up the intensity? Um, it is still laying a good foundation, but it should be starting to get a little bit more challenging there. And then the progressive training is probably the training that most people are probably familiar with now. Um, and that's really focused on saying, let's you know do some progressive overload. Let's actually start layering some workouts into your runs. Um, you're typically kind of running you know 30 minutes pretty consistently without symptoms. You're starting to do um, you know, traditional weight training um, without low back pain, without these aches and pains. You've kind of progressed past that point, And that's a sign that you're ready for that. Um, and that's your real training. Um, so typically, again, that's, you know, about 19 weeks, um, so four or five months um, to get there. It feels really slow at first. And the next thing you know, you're like, wait, four months ago, I was still pregnant. And now we're back training at like a normal training schedule. This is awesome. Um, so really focusing on being patient early helps you get back much quicker long-term. And then a question, I'm sorry, I didn't include this in our email, kind of just something I was thinking about as we're chatting. Um, with setting goals with uh, prenatal or postpartum women, because you know that's a big part in coaching is a lot of times people need something to work towards. How do you bridge that? Yes, that's a great question. So with prenatal women, a lot of it we focus on how do you feel, what do you want to be able to do, and how can we facilitate you being in control as much as possible to achieve that, knowing that you're not going to be able to fully control how much weight gain you have. You're not going to be able to control your, your symptoms. You're not going to be able to control if you get round ligament pain or low back pain. But there's a lot that you can do to feel confident that you have done everything that you can do to facilitate not being there, if that makes sense, or to get closer to your goals. Um, so it's really focused on 
are you doing the habits, the actions, the behaviors that are setting you up for success? Um, you know, some people say, I'm, I want to run my entire pregnancy. You say, great, let's try to do that. What can we do to make sure that you feel like you've done everything you can to support that? And if it's really uncomfortable and you're just being stubborn, myself included, let's reevaluate and figure out what would be a better goal that's going to make you happier in the long run. So that's on the pregnant side. On the postpartum side, similar in a way is saying, what are the actions? How can you hold yourself accountable to that training program to know that you are doing the right things and controlling what you can and being okay with what you can't control? Um, And so a lot of that is focusing on kind of your mindset, your approach. Um, If things don't, knowing it's a journey, things will go backwards. Um, You know, I have had the times where I'm like, I made a breakthrough. I'm you know, on top of the world, I'm here, I'm back. And then literally the next day, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm an idiot. I went, you know, far too hard. I've gone backwards. I can't believe I ruined everything. And so really helping women navigate through that process. Um, But again, focusing on the process and knowing, okay, if we want to get back to running, we need to focus on strength training. We need to focus on building an aerobic base. We need to do these six things that will help you get there. And then if you get there in five weeks, if you get there in 25 weeks, if you get there in, I don't know, 25 weeks is about six months. So that's going to be my next one. But um, that's okay because you have that control over all of the steps that you can do. Oh my gosh, totally. And I think the other thing is just, you don't sleep as much after you have a baby, Uh, whether it's, you know, you and your partner splitting up the nights or or, you know, a lot of times if you end up breastfeeding or even just our situation worked out better that I do nights, you're not sleeping the same. Your body's not recovering the same. It's a totally different ball game. And I think that's, at least for me, was one of the hardest barriers to, to get through. You're like, I mean, I feel okay, but I'm just not getting that turnover like I used to. Uh, and it's, it's just, you know, you kind of have to go with the flow and know eventually the baby will sleep. Um, any recommendations along with that? Yes, eventually the baby will sleep. Um, and you do, you start to, you can start to kind of get into a groove. Um, it, it takes a few months. And that's why when you look at that kind of, you're back to training at about four months, that might be right. That might be wrong. And it, you might want to stay in a base building stage until you are getting the rest, you are getting the recovery that you need and kind of evaluating your goals based on you know, do you have the ability to have the nutrition you need? Do you have the ability to get the rest and recovery that you need? Is this realistic versus do you want to focus on, again, those habits to get you there and adapting with what you can still recovering, not setting yourself up for injury and kind of setbacks in the future? It's will always be faster if you do the right thing first, even if it feels like it's taking longer Um, and embracing it. I think there's a lot of you know, even if it's slow, you get to embrace this opportunity to rebuild your foundation, rebuild your habits, be very disciplined that you are almost never forced to do, um, or even given the opportunity to do. Um, and that can go, that can take people really far. And that's where I think you see a lot of women actually in some of their best shape, hitting some of their best PRs, kind of the, the most competitive that they've been post children because they need that structure. They don't have the flexibility to be loosey-goosey anymore. Um, and so given that structure, given that prioritization and having that core foundation that you're building off of, you're kind of resetting everything to be even better. 
Oh my gosh. No kidding. I think there's that whole mom strength. I think especially after somebody has like their second kid, I think there's a whole different kind of endurance that like comes up. It's amazing to see. But so to end kind of talking about that, I want to hear, you know, I want people to be able to find you. So tell me who you work with, how you help moms and where they can find you. Yeah, great question. So I clearly work with pregnant and postpartum athletes. Um, they, you know, a lot of the women I work with, they might use past tense um, when they talk about athlete. Oh, I used to be an athlete, but it's important to me and I'm active. Um, so just because I say you're an athlete doesn't mean you shouldn't consider yourself an athlete. Um but as people who want to be athletic, they want to be an athlete. They want to be active. That's important to them. Um, they might have big goals. You might want to have big goals, but you're not quite sure what's realistic or what's, you know, achievable. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the, the group of women that I work with, um, oftentimes they, you know, have some basics. They might not have structure or direction. They're now facing pregnancy and postpartum challenges. Um, they want to feel in control. They want to feel like themselves. They want to be strong. Um, they don't want to sacrifice their health and fitness just for being a mom. Um, instead, they want to embrace it and really be an awesome mom. Um, I think that probably makes you a better mom. <laughs> Maybe not, but, you know. That's my opinion. Um, so that's, you know, if that, if that's you, if you're interested, if you want to learn more, um, you can find me on my website. It's rebuild.me and that's rebuild, um, rebuild.me or on Instagram at rebuildcoaching. Um, you can learn about one-on-one coaching. I structured as a 12-week program. So we focus on nutrition, exercise, lifestyle, habits, and mindset. So not just the training component. Nutrition is really important. Um, factor, whether it's during pregnancy, you're trying to figure out how do I eat enough and the right things um, or postpartum, I'm breastfeeding, I kind of want to lose some baby weight, but I don't want to cut my calories, but I want to train and I want to have performance. Um, So nutrition, while it's not typically what grabs everybody's attention, um, it's a a really important component that I I like to fold in there. Um, And then that mindset of how do you embrace this opportunity um, and not let motherhood rock you, but instead you can rock motherhood. So um, yeah. That's it. That's Rebuild Coaching. Um, it's been really exciting. I really enjoyed the process um, and, you know, working with some great women and kind of excited to see what else is coming. Amazing. So we'll definitely link all of those resources in our show notes so people can easily find you. Um, I I would highly recommend it. You know, going for somebody who's specific in uh, prenatal postpartum is unique. And I don't think that people's athletic journey has to stop. Um, so, you know, if that's a journey that you're about to start in your own life or you're in the middle of it, uh, definitely check out Lee. Um, Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited. It was so nice to talk to you. I'm so excited to see, um, how your business continues to grow. Um, anything to add before we head out? No, I think that's it. Thanks so much, Lexi. This was great. I really appreciate it. Hey guys, coach Andrew Simmons here. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Defining Endurance, the podcast from Lifelong Endurance. Do you want more information and content between shows? Follow us on Instagram at lifelong underscore endurance, as well as on Facebook. You can also check out our YouTube page for more running and strength training tips. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.